have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14. We're going to deviate from our, our Matthew study uh, just, just this Sunday. And we'll, we'll jump back in there in Matthew 20 next week. Uh, but we want to kick off a, a project uh, today and talk about something that, that I believe God wants us to try to accomplish. And, uh, and it's going to be a big, big deal. Matter of fact, it's going to be something great. You're going to hear that word great a lot today. Uh, how many of y'all believe we have a great God? Amen. How many of y'all believe we got a great salvation? I, I'm glad to know. I'm glad to know that a great sinner can be greatly saved Amen. and miss a great hell and go to a great heaven. Amen. Amen. We have something great to be excited about. And so we're going to look just a couple verses. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I woke up early this morning before the alarm clock went off and I was kind of mad about it. But God woke me up and gave me just a a smaller outline from what uh, what I have given you today. And we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, We'll read that in just a minute. But let's look in John 14. In verse number 12, verse number 12, if you found your spot, say amen. amen. What color is your writing? Red. That means who's talking. Jesus. That means Jesus is talking. This is coming directly from the Lord Jesus. Verily, verily. Now, anytime you get double verily, that means it's twice as important as the other stuff he's saying. That means pay close attention. Verily, verily, I say unto you. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall shall he do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now let's all read it together. Let's all read it together. If you, if you don't have a Bible with you, you can read it off the screen there. Let's read it. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be in your house. I have so enjoyed uh, the worship and the singing already. Now, Lord, speak to us. Give us a challenge today. I pray that you will exhort the brethren. Pray that you'll edify the saints today. I pray that your perfect will be done. Give us what we stand in need of, and Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All those at Fairview, you may be seated. Uh, I want to look, I want to look just a few moments at these two verses. Now, here's what, here's what God gave me this morning. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do. The things that you've seen Jesus do, that's our pattern. Say that with me. That's our our pattern. Do y'all know that Jesus came not just to die for our sins, but he came to be a pattern. He came to be an example for us to follow. Would you agree with that? All right, so that's our pattern. The works that I do, the things that we saw him do, the forgiveness that he shown, the compassion that he had, the service that he gave. Are y'all with me? He's our pattern. He's our pattern. The works that I do 
shall he do also, watch this now, and greater works than these shall he do. That's the promise. That's the promise. Now, not in greater power, but greater extent. Now, Jesus didn't, he didn't minister very much outside of Palestine, primarily right in that area. But he tells us we're going to go to the ends of the earth. We're going to go to the ends of the earth, taking the gospel to every creature. Somebody say amen. Amen. Listen, the works that I do, that's the pattern. You're going to do greater works than these. That's the promise. Then look at here. Because I go unto my father and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. That's the, that's the power. He said, I'm going to my father. And another verse, he said, I'm going to go to the father. And if I go into the father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit unto you. And he's going to be in every single believer. He is going to empower us to do what he is calling us to do. Somebody say amen. Acts 1, 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We have the power of God. Somebody say amen. amen. But then we have the purpose. Then we have the purpose. Look what he says. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. You see, God doesn't do great things through his people so they can be glorified, so they can be bragged about, so they can say, what a, what a saint of God, what a great Christian, what a great church. No, it's not about a great Christian and it's not about a great church. It's about a great God who gave them great power to do great things. So we can glorify him and bring honor and glory to the Lord. Say amen. Now that was just for free. <clears throat> That's what I got this morning at five o'clock. Amen. Now, but here's the deal. Here's what I want you to see. We're not here just to twiddle our thumbs. Church is, church is not designed to make you feel good, to help you get through the week. Some people have this idea that God has given us the church to help us uh, feel better about the terrible world that we have to live in. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a newsflash. God's got a job for you. All right? And, and here's, here's what I want you to see. Uh, in 1792, in 1792, William Carey preached a sermon that has since been called the Deathless Sermon because it sparked a missions movement that has never died. He saw the call to missions as a revival of what Jesus and the apostles had preached so long before. Acts 1.8, we said, he said, you're going to be witnesses unto me, right? To the ends of the earth. The problem was that they were not going to the ends of the earth. Somewhere in the next 1,750 years, something went wrong. Churches stopped sending. Christians stopped going. The need for missions was greater than ever at this time in 1792. But the motivation was lacking. In this important time, soon after the founding of the United States of America, William Carey called upon his audience to do two things. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. All right, say that with me. Expect great things from God and... Now let's all say it like we mean it, all right? Some of y'all still half asleep. You forgot to get your Red Bull this morning, all right? Come on, let's, let's say it real loud like, like you mean it. You ready? And now that sparked a movement, a missionary movement that has gone to the ends of the earth. 
Now, if it was needed in that day, how much more is it needed today in the population that we have on the planet today? In the amount of people who've never heard the gospel, they don't have a gospel preaching church in their community, in their city, in their village. We have them on every corner here. We have every opportunity, but there's places all around the world who do not have a chance to hear the gospel. I speak this to our shame. Are y'all with me? And I, I wanted, I tried to find, uh, 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 maybe, maybe they, they put this in print. They put this outline. If that outline was that good, I wanted to find it. Amen. But I couldn't find it. So y'all are going to get my version of it. Say amen. Boy, y'all quiet this morning. Y'all nervous about what's fixing to happen, ain't you? Amen. Number one, number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. In God's word, we find this. Number one, we see we have a great commandment. A great commandment. There was a, there was a lawyer who came, there was a lawyer who came to Jesus. And he was trying to tempt him, really. I mean, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to be spiritual. He was trying to tempt the Lord. And he says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? In other words, out of all the commandments, what's, what's the number one? I mean, if, if we're going to get one of them right, which is, which is the most important commandment? Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law in the prophets. You know what Jesus is saying right there? If you will fulfill these two, you will cover all of them. Now, if you will go back to the Ten Commandments, if you'll go back and examine the Ten Commandments, you'll see some of them had to do with how you treated God and the others how you treated other people. And what Jesus is saying here is if you will love God, then you will fulfill those. If you will love people, you will fulfill the others. What do you mean? If you love people, you won't lie to them. If you love people, you won't murder them. If you love people, you won't steal from them. If you love God, you won't have no other gods before him. Does this make sense? This is not complicated. This is easy. He says, I want you to love God. Love God. He is a great God. Amen. Look what it says in your notes. Psalms 48, 1. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Psalm 71, 19. The righteousness also, thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee? Psalm 77, 13. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Psalm 86, 10. For thou art great and dost wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Psalms 95, 3. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Psalm 104, 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God. Thou art very what? Great. Thou art clothed with honor in majesty. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying you have a great God who deserves your love, who deserves your affection, who deserves your commitment. Somebody say amen. amen. We have a great God 
And the great commandment, the number one commandment is to love him. And you know what I found out? If I love him, I will love the people he loves. Are y'all with me? If you have problems loving people, then you have problems loving God because he's the one that made them. And, and, and God said in the New Testament, don't tell me you love, you love me and hate your brother. You can't love me and hate your brother. If you love God, you will love the people that he loves. Are y'all with me? That means everybody. That means your neighbor. That means your black neighbor, your white neighbor, your gay neighbor, your, your addict neighbor, your drunk neighbor. Somebody say amen. Not just the neighbor that sits on the pew beside you. We got blinders on. God said love everybody. It doesn't. You know what? We are to love like he loved. And he loved the unlovable. But God commendeth. That means put on display. God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners. Some of y'all don't want to love people till they get fixed. Till they get cleaned up. Well, that's not how God loved you. He loved you in your mess. He loved you in your sin. He loved you in the gutter he found you in. He loved you in the pit. Oh, the psalmist said, I I cried unto the Lord. He heard my cry and brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. That's where we all were as sinners. But God loved us anyhow. That's the way we're supposed to love. That's the way we're supposed to see people. We're supposed to see people as he sees people. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, we all have issues. We all have issues. And keep this in mind. God looked past our fault and saw our need. I'm glad God looked past my problems and saw my potential. Amen. So before we go any further. Before I tell you what the challenge is, we got to love people first. If you can't love people, you need to either get saved or get right. And we can help you with both of them. There's an altar all the way across this building and you can get right. Amen. So we have a great, how many of y'all would agree this came straight out of the word? Love your neighbor. Love the, hey, hey, Jesus forgave the ones that was nailing him to a cross. And we get mad at the person that cusses off in traffic. I said we, I didn't say y'all. He's still working on me. (laughs) But we got to love people. We got to love them. Some of them are harder to love than others. But I'm sure Jesus probably could have said that about me too. Amen? So we have a great commandment. Then number two, we have a great commission. We have a great commission. Now the command is to love everybody. Love everybody. Love all people. Broken people. Hurting people. Needy people. EGRs. If you don't know what an EGR means, then people that wear extra grace is required. Amen. <laughs> Number two. And if you don't know any of them, you're probably the one. Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know where. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it comes out of my head. I forgot my filter. Number two. Some of y'all are going to get loosened up for us over. It's all right. 
We have some new friends from Minnesota. There ain't no telling what they're going to go back home and tell people. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Number two, we see a great commission. Matthew 28, 18. In other words, this is our job. This is our job. Let me, let me, let me, <laughs> I'm going to break some of your hearts right here. God didn't offer you salvation and save you just so you could have a trip to heaven. And he didn't create the church just so you could feel better about it till you got there. He gave us a job to do. He gave us a commission, a responsibility. Now let's look what we call the Great Commission, Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. Now what's that first, that first word in verse 19? But you know what we've done in a church? In the modern day church, especially here in America, we say, let's build a building and tell them to. But that's not what he said. We expect, we expect to come and, and, and we want them to come with us. Hey, if you want to go to heaven, you got to. No, 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 no. He said, go to them. Is that not what he said? Watch, watch. It's there. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now let me simplify that for everybody. God is telling all disciples to go make disciples. God is telling all disciples to go make disciples. Say it with me, everybody. Even at Fairview, say this with me. God is telling all disciples to go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Go tell them what God's done for you. You remember the, the, remember the woman at the well? Uh, we, were in a, we were in a little micro church, a young men's micro church yesterday, and we were, we were studying John chapter 4. You know, the woman at the well, when, when she met Jesus, Jesus changed her life. First thing she did is went and told somebody. I mean, immediately, Jesus didn't even have to tell her. It was just an instinct. She just had to tell somebody who had blessed her soul. What did, he tell, what did he tell the demoniac? Jesus cast the demons out of the man full of demons and he wanted to go with Jesus. He said, nope, nope, I want you to go home and tell your friends and family what good things God has done for you. When's the last person or who is the last person you told about what God's done for you? you say, oh, that's the preacher's job. I didn't read that there. He's speaking to disciples. Matter of fact, there wasn't any pastors at this time yet. Are y'all with me? All disciples, we have a responsibility. It's our job to tell people the good news. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all have ever gone to a restaurant and it just, just knocked your socks off? How many? What was the first thing you did? You told somebody. I remember the first time I went to the place it was in down, it's not even there now, but it was, man, I'm telling you, they had shrimp as big as your head. And the first thing I did was tell people about it. I said, man, you have got to try this. But why? I want them to experience. And when it comes to the gospel, I'm not trying to push Jesus down anybody's throat. I'm not trying to force somebody to believe. I want them to enjoy what I enjoy. I want them to have the peace that I have. I want them to have the, listen, the contentment and the fulfillment that God has given me. I'm not trying to force them. I want them to have what I have. Are y'all with me? And that's all of our jobs. Whether you believe it or not, the great commandment belongs to us. The great commission belongs to us. 
Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. That means we're supposed to love everybody. That's point one. Enough to tell everybody. That's point number two. Have you shared your faith lately? I was talking with a, a, a man uh, from, from Minnesota, as a matter of fact, Brother Dave Gibson, probably, probably one of the greatest soul winners in America right now. And, and this is what he said. He said, it's not, that the, it's not that the gospel doesn't work. He said, it's not that the gospel doesn't work. The problem is, is God's people are not sharing it. And you know what? I'd have to agree with him. Because let's be honest, if all of us told somebody about Jesus this week or shared our faith this week, this building wouldn't hold them. Can we all agree right there? Amen. Amen. So, we do have a commandment. All right? It's in Scripture, no doubt about it, right? Can we all agree on that? All right, so number one, there is a great what? Number one, come on everybody, the you, you, faster you go, the faster I'll go, okay? Number one, we see a... A great commandment. Number two, a a great commission. Number three, I want you to see a great commitment. A great commitment. I think some of our problem is our God is not big enough. Now think about that. Before you crucify me, think about what I said. For some of us in here, our God is not big enough. I didn't say God wasn't big enough. I said the one you're worshiping. Richard, what do you mean? Some of us walk around in the mully grubs all the time and in a depression and an anxiety like God's up there wringing his hands about what to do. I love, I love one, of the, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible is when, when Jesus fed the 5,000. And not just because I like fish. Say amen. But he looks at the disciples. You remember? There's thousands of people here. There is no food. They don't have anything to be able to provide for them. And Jesus asked them, "Uh, boys, what are we going to do? But then it says this. For he already knew what he would do. Now, what does that mean? That means before there is a problem... He already has the solution. And there there is not a problem that he can't solve. But we walk around fretting, worrying, stressing out, in a depression. And I'm just telling you, if that's the way you're living your life, your God ain't big enough. You're not worshiping the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. The Listen, the God of the Bible spoke this whole world into existence. He didn't work at it. He didn't sweat at it. He said it and it was. That's the God of the Bible. And if that's the God of the Bible, and that is the God, he said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If that is the God of the Bible, and that is the God who's going to help us and empower us, we're not doing enough. We need to attempt greater things. We need to strive for greater accomplishments, not in our ability, but in his ability. Are y'all with me? So here's the commitment. Because we, we've agreed, the Bible says there's a great commandment. We've got to love everybody. There's a great commission. We've got to tell everybody. Everybody needs to know. 
We, we, we sung a song when I was in Bible college. Everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know who Jesus is. And everybody ought to know. Listen, it should not be just for the privileged. It should not be just for those in, 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 in metropolitan cities. It should be for every village in every country, in every place, to the ends of the earth. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. But guess what? They're not going to know until we send them. And so here's the great commitment. Here's what I want to do. <clears throat> I want us all, A, here's the points. Here's the points. Expect great things from a great God. Write that down. Expect great things from a great God. <clears throat> now, let's do a little word study. <clears throat> expect. What does this mean? This is not complicated. What's expect mean? Look at, look at your notes. To look to what? Keep on. To regard as likely to happen. When's the last time you really prayed expecting? I, there, was a, there was an older gentleman in my father's church at Bethel. And he would always say, he kind of irritated me a little bit because he was one of them type that always talked about the good old days, you know. And, 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 and not that that's nothing wrong with that, but it just gets redundant, you know. And then he said, when we went to pray for rain, we always carried an umbrella. You know what he's saying? We had expectations. We had expectations. Most of us, when we pray, we're praying, oh, God, I hope he does something. Where's the expectation? God wants us to expect to look at something is likely to happen. The word great, an extent or amount considerably above the normal or average. Let's all read that. Let's all read that. An extent or amount considerably above the normal or average. You know, I'm afraid that many Christians are satisfied with average. I don't want to be average. I sure don't want to be below average. Man, I want to, when I get to heaven, I want to say I tried, at least tried to do great things for God. Why? Because we have a great God. Amen? Now look, now look. Look what the verse says, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. Are you there? Watch what it says. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Now that perfect doesn't mean without flaw or without mistake. It means their heart is completely directed to him. Now think about what he just said. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro in this earth. He's looking for people to show himself strong on behalf of. In other words, God is looking for people who will believe that he will do great things through them. He's looking for that. He's wanting you to expect great things from a great God. Are y'all seeing what I'm telling you? He wants to show himself strong. He wants to do the impossible. He wants to do things that will blow your mind. He wants to do something that's considerably, exceedingly above the average or the norm. Are y'all with me? 
He doesn't just want to heal the sick. He wants to raise the dead. That's him. God is wanting you to expect great things from him. And so many of us are just expecting to get by. Too many Christians are in a survival mode, not a prosperous mode. But God wants to do greater things than you can ever imagine or ask. Say amen. Amen. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Jeremiah 33.3. Jeremiah 33.3. Let's read it together. It's a little short verse. Let's all read it together. Call unto me. Come on now, everybody. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee. What kind of things? What kind of things? Amen. Now, you know where he's at when he hears this? Prison. Prison. He's in a dark place. He's in a difficult place. He's in a depressing place. Are y'all with me? And God says, I want you to call on me. I want you to ask me. I want you to come to me. I want to do something great. I want you to come and expect it. Now, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I'm telling y'all right now, we're done with the norm. We're done with the average. We're going to be a church that's expecting God to do great things. Great things. Why? Because we have a great God. And all God's people say it. You know what I've learned? If, if, If something great happens, we can't take credit for it. Why do you think he sent David out there to fight that giant? Now, they sent the best man that Israel had or the biggest man Israel had or the greatest warrior Israel had. That warrior might have could have said, look what I did. But when they sent that little run out there, are y'all with me? Uh Uh-oh. The king, the king. He said, man, here, take my armor. Take my sword. He was afraid. He didn't even have no confidence in it. But you know what? David had great expectations from a great God. And you know what? Because of what happened, God got great glory from it. And all God's people say it. Are you expecting great things? Are you expecting great things? What is your expectation? And I'm not just talking about for the challenge that we're going to do, the project we're going to accomplish. I'm talking about in your own personal life. Are you worshiping the God of the Bible? Are you worshiping the God who can do all things? Is that the way you're living your life? We don't just get saved by faith. For by grace you're saved through faith, right? But the Bible says the just shall live by. Is that the way you're living your life? Are you living your life according to the God you say you serve? Boy, it's quiet, ain't it? We need to have great expectations. Now, now, B, write this down and, we're, we're, and then I'm going I'm to lay it on you, all right? What was A? What was A? This is a great commitment. Because we have a great commandment, we have a great commission, we're going to fulfill a great commitment. First, we're going to expect great things from a great God. Say that with me. We're going to expect great things from a great God. Then B, we're going to attempt. Yeah. We're going to attempt great things for a great God. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. 
uh, I, I was told in Bible college, you, you pray like everything depends on God. But you work like everything depends on you. In other words, in other words, when you pray for a harvest, you do it on the other end of a hoe handle. This let go and let God business is baloney. Now we're going to let God do it. But God is going to use you to make it happen. God will always do it, but he'll do it through us. Are y'all with me? We're not going to have great expectations without a great attempt to accomplish something great for God. Are y'all with me? Now let's clarify some things. Let's clarify some things. I only got a few minutes left. Uh, How many of y'all agree that we have a great command? We're supposed to love everybody. Y'all with me? We're supposed to to love Hindus and and Muslims and, and, and we're supposed to... Uh, 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 non-religious people, little villagers. We're supposed to love our neighbors. Now listen, you can't, you, can't, you can't love on the little villagers in Africa and not the little villager across your street. Everywhere. You know, the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. That means this. Don't ease your conscience by sending a little money uh, to reach an African and not be willing to go across the street and share the love of God with your neighbor. We send missionaries because we can't go. We're missionaries at home. Are y'all with me? And so we're supposed to love everybody. It's a great command from a great God. There's no question about it. Say amen. amen. Number two, we have a great command, but number two, we have a great. It's on your paper, people. Number two, we have a great commission. That's our job. That's our responsibility. Are y'all with me? Some people have the idea that they're saved to go to church. No, you're not saved to go to church. You're saved to be the church. And as the church, the body of Christ, you are to go into all the world and tell people about Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, now, because we have a great command... Because we have a great commission, we're going to make a great commitment this year. Okay? We're going to make a great commitment this year. Now, in, at Fairview, at Fairview, you have, a, you have the, that wooden church that we have made out there. But if you're here, if you'll look over on my side over here, uh, you, you'll find a, 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 it was supposed to be a little church, but Mark Powell doesn't make anything little. Have y'all noticed? And I'll be honest with you, I was going to cover up the whole outside with these boxes, but it's so pretty, I just can't do it now. But if you will look at the porch on that, on that little church right there, if you'll look at the porch right there, we're going, to, we're going to stack that little porch full of these little churches. All right, the big church, the big church, and if you're at Fairview, the big church that you have on the wall there, uh, it represents the church. All right. Now, what is the church? The church is every saved child of God. Are y'all with me? The church is the body of Christ. That means every person that's ever been saved is part of the, it's part of the church, right? 
Some people call it the universal church. I don't really like using that much because there's people who say, well, I'm, just, I'm a part of the universal church, and they're not joining the local church, and that's baloney because God said, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. The universal church is made of the local church. So here's how we're going to do that. We're going to build the church with little churches. Now, we have, we have partnered with TTI. We have partnered with TTI. Uh, uh, for the last, I don't know, four, five, six years. And they have got church planning down to a science. I mean, they have, they have been able to bring it down to the cheapest way to do it uh, in training nationals to go. And we can plan a church for $300, all right? One of these represents one of those little churches. So this little church, this little church represents how much? $300, okay? And, and so what we're going to do, what we're going to do, we're going to fill up. There's, a, there's a, 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 a mark over there. You can't see it, but I'm going I'm to make it where you can see it a whole lot better. But we're going to stack these up. Every time somebody brings in one of these with $300 in it, we're going to put it in there, and we're going to fill up that place. And our goal this year is 1,000 churches. 1,000 churches. 1,000 of these little boxes filled with $300. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Oh, my stars. Did you not just hear everything I said this morning? We have a great God who can do great things. So we're going to have a great commitment and expect great things from God. Now, you cannot say you're expecting great things from God if you never attempt a great thing for God. Now, this is a great thing. This is a big deal. And listen, we're going to get everybody involved in it. Even the children. You can give your children one of these little boxes and tell them when we get to that amount, you can take that and be responsible for planning a church. I'm going to take 10 of these. I'm going to take 10 of these. My commitment is going to be 10 of these boxes. And, and for the glory of God, say, God, you help me do this. Because if you don't help me, it ain't going to get done. So I need, I'm expecting God for great things. And I want you to pray about it. We've got the boxes in the foyers. And every time one comes in, every time. Now, most of the, you, you remember, we usually do at the end of the year, one big offering and, and, and then we send it out and plant the churches where we're going to be doing it every, every week up into that. As it comes in, we'll add it up. And you're going to see the stack get higher and higher and higher and higher to the point that we're going to plant 1,000 churches. Fairview, you have your, you have your uh, boxes out there. We're, we're going to all do this together as a church family. And we're going to see God do a great thing. Amen. Now... I'm going to tell you this. Anytime I've attempted something great for God, He's always done something great for me. And so I know this. I'm not going to get to heaven and say, I wish I had tried. I'm going to say, I gave it my best shot. And I'm going to see God do great things. We have a great command. We have a great commission now we have a great commitment. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray and ask God what he wants you to do. 
I want you to pick up a box or pick up the tent or however many you think, but don't pick them up if you're not going to make the effort. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Say, how are you going to do that? I don't know. I don't know. That's his problem. He gave me the number. So he's got to supply the need. Do I have it? Nope. I don't have it. But I have a good idea that by the time this is ready, I will have. I will have. You know how I know that? Because the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro, wanting to show himself strong. He's wanting to do this for me. It's kind of like you ladies. If you ladies, you know, the guys want to be your your knight in shining armor. They want to flex their muscles, even if they're saggy. (laughs) We want to show you what we can do. Man, God's up in heaven with unlimited strength and unlimited power, unlimited wisdom, and he wants to show off for you. Will you give him a chance? Will you give God an opportunity to show himself strong on your behalf? So you, remember the purpose, remember the purpose, so you can turn around and give him great glory. God wants you to attempt a great thing so he can flex his great power so you can give him, say it with me, great glory. And all of God's people say it.